0: super excited about my next guest. I'm going to let them, of course, introduce themselves. So sit back and enjoy. Take it away.
1: Oh, (laughs) take it away. Here we go. Like the show. Take it away. Uh, I'm Nick Demas. Um, I'm a director, producer, and uh, I am a coach as well, a creative coach for uh, individuals um, who have creative businesses. Oh, that's cool. That's really neat. What does that mean? Yeah, that means that, let's say you have a creative project that you uh, want to bring into the world, want to bring into fruition in some form or fashion. Uh, I'll work with you to um, not only like the the steps here, you know, do, do X, Y, or Z, but all of the mindset stuff uh, that comes up with that, because when you're putting yourself out into the world, uh, which like in the film that we're going to talk about is super vulnerable. And when you do that, lots of your stuff will come up that you may need somebody to help process, not in a therapeutic way, but in a way to get you out of, uh, get stuck to remove the blocks so that you can share your stories with the world.
0: Isn't that the truth? It is, uh, especially for people that are creative, that uh, we tend to have to be more vulnerable in what we do because we're putting ourselves way, way out there, more than most people. No offense to anybody else that has those other jobs, but that's what the entertainment business is in general. Um, So yeah. It
1: it requires you, if you're going mm -hmm. to be a true artist, to share your heart, to share your soul. And and because of that because of that a lot will come up for you a
0: lot like everything actually yeah (laughs) (laughs) every single thing that you thought you thought you had a uh control over or in your mind because you only don't have control over much uh you it all comes out and you're like oh why do i feel that way or running a business because we run a business maybe me and my husband um and it's literally happening right now all that stuff so uh yeah, you got to check yourself before you wreck yourself when it comes to that. And at each um, level,
1: at each phase, right? All of
0: it. Like, oh, because yeah. and, and they all happen. A different They don't happen according to what you think they're going to be. They not, even will happen, not even close. Nope, nope. You, things can be going smoothly for two years, and then all of a sudden something happens, and, you're like, and you feel so uncomfortable, you feel so vulnerable, so out of place, you don't know what to do, you want to punch the person, you want to punch yourself, um, you want to do all those things, because that's just natural. And... Uh, and then you get a, you know, me and my husband always have this thing that we say to each other that we have to check our motives before we go into any conversation that has come at us from mm-hmm. a place of if someone's coming at us, you know, like, for whatever reason, because it's never about you, it's about them. And uh, so we always check our motives, because it's like, we're really a key thing to have uh, in place before you start to use your words, because uh, words matter. Yeah, you have to uh, hold yourself uh,
1: strong you know, like centered 100%. at your being, no matter what comes at you. Because as a as a creative entrepreneur, as a creative artist, you're gonna put stuff out there and you can't control what people say about it. All you can do is manage your own uh, life around that. Manage your Correct. own reactions to it.
0: Check yourself and uh, make sure you do as much integrity with it as you possibly can. Have grace, give yourself grace. And, of course, uh, tag, put some empathy in there, too. That kind of helps, you know. Uh, Good segue, though, because you are putting yourself out there in a big way, and we're going to talk about that. Uh, I came across you on TikTok and uh, for Body Electric, the documentary. So why don't you explain to my queer youth listeners and queer listeners in general what this documentary is and then, obviously, how
1: it came to be. So I was... Turning 45. And in the gay male, especially community, that's like a death sentence. <laughs> in our minds.
0: Yep. 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 <laughs> in yep. In our minds,
1: it's like a death mm-hmm. sentence. Mm-hmm. And I was looking around at how my, well, I was looking internal first at how I was feeling about it, but then also my body, how it was changing. And In a culture that's body-obsessed as a sort of stereotype, but it is in general within the the gay male community, it's a body-obsessed culture. 100%. I was like, what's my usefulness in a youth-obsessed culture as my body shifts and changes and it no longer functions in the way that it did? And it's no longer going to be as pretty as it was basically. And we have no role models of how to age. We are the first out fully out generation of gay men. The generation before us passed away from AIDS. They died of AIDS. The majority, not all, obviously, there are some, but very few remodels. And specifically in media, in, um, uh, vision, you know, that are people that are really visual people that are really out there. And so suddenly we have this new aging gay population and we have no idea how to do it. And we're obsessed with our bodies. So you put those two things together. And as you're suddenly aging, you're like, who am I now? And that was really the impetus, the start of the film. That was the inspiration for the film. What we did then from there was I took a camera and put it on myself and began a journey because I had body dysmorphia. I didn't, um, what I saw in the mirror was very different than what was actually there. And so I, I turned the camera on myself But I also realized very quickly within the first or second shoot day that I wanted to expand it beyond gay men because body image is something that everybody can relate to. Is there anybody who's like, my body is absolutely amazing, right? No matter who I talk to from any sort of walk of life, they have body issues of some kind, it's magnified within the queer community. But everyone experiences this. And so I wanted to extend beyond just gay men, particularly gay, white, cisgendered men, to include more of the rainbow. And I began to interview people from intersectional parts of the community, all parts of the community, basically, to get their perception. Is it different for for a lesbian? Is it different for a trans woman of color? You know, what are their, how are their body issues different than mine? And how could it really, and how do they, where do they intersect? How are they similar? And that's really what the documentary is about. It really chronicles from my 45th to my 50th birthday and my journey of coming to acceptance of not only the fact that I'm middle-aged now, and, and also accepting my body as much as I can on a daily basis for what it is exactly right now.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, so I was a dancer for, since I was eight and then I was professional since I was 16. Uh, so that's all I ever thought about. That's all I ever did. That's all I ever used was my body, 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 body. At one point I stopped eating, of course, and wasn't eating properly, but I was skinny and I put the costumes. Um, but uh, yeah, so I can definitely relate. I didn't, I wasn't like solely focused. Like I wasn't someone who I felt fine. So I never, I never like completely focused on that. But I, but I also then started to act and just do theater and not just be a dancer. In theater. And like, I started to do all those different things. And I think it was until I was like 30 or 31 or whatever, I got like sick and like, I, I had to like slow my roll because I was upset. Like everyone that's obsessed with the gym now, I already did all that. Like I was like, I did that for like 20 years. Mm-hmm. So this whole, like when people are crazy about the gym and, 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 and going working out and, and taking all these powders that you're putting in your body and, and all these vitamins and stuff, I, I literally did all of that. So I just, I'm trying to like look at it from that perspective and be like, well, I am older, I do yoga, I just started up yoga again. Uh, I need accountability. I, I need people to I always need accountability because I was always in the dance room and I had to have accountability because if I didn't do it, I didn't get the job, you know. So that's that's the thing. And so like it's I, interesting.
1: But I'm smiling only because I was a dancer too. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that was my journey was from dancer to yoga teacher. I became a that's yoga it. teacher. I,
0: but everybody was, so the thing is we were doing that all before everyone, the culture is so obsessed with it now, like so obsessed with it because yeah. advertising is working, right? So like, it's, but I was already doing that. Like it wasn't, like so I had to like figure out a way not to obsess over it and like slow my roll. And that's when I started finding yoga and really kind of like going that path. I like backed off from the gym. Um, I didn't, never liked it, but I would go like three hours a day. And be there because I had to put on a dance costume. I had to, you yeah. know, be in the production of Cats, and I was gonna put on a freaking leotard eight shows a week. You know, I'm not gonna. Although dancing, the thing is too. Like mentally, you're like, I'm dancing my ass off, but I'm not enough. Like I'm not. I'm still not. Like I feel like I need to be more.
1: Well, it isn't that really right there. The sentence, I'm not enough. Yeah. And so <laughs> even that though it was, was
0: tiny. Like you're tiny when you're a dance. You're tiny. I'm sorry, like everyone, just saying that you're.
1: Usually you are. You're, you're, tiny. you're incredibly tiny when you're a dancer. Not everybody, but usually everybody is really tiny. Most people are tiny. Most, yeah. people are tiny. Most people are tiny. There's this moment in the film where I talk about how my dance teacher, uh, I was, I'm, I'm 5'11", and I was 155 pounds. That's so small. It's teeny. And that height
0: too, that is not Yes. Not I fun.
1: was thin. I was like super thin. And my dance teacher came up and pointed at my belly and said, you need to lose five pounds. And now in retrospect, I can look back at it and say, oh, he had an eating disorder. This was his issue that he was projecting onto me. Of course. I mean, of course. Come on.
0: 155 pounds at 5'11". I was 145 at 5'8". That's 20 pounds, 15 pounds below what i'm supposed to be at that the type specific if you're gonna go off of body fat and medically speaking so yeah. but i had to be my mind and uh and it's not like i didn't work i got jobs like and that was never the thing no one ever like yeah. looked at a guy specifically when i was like you're not gonna get that job because you're fat no and now but i do like seeing the transition of body and like Bigger, bigger people and humans dancing for big names like Janet Jackson and all those like all those and like on Broadway and like all those different people that are finally you're like you're seeing. It's not enough, but you're seeing some of it like kind of now make its way because there's some fierce dancers out there like you can't keep them from a job because they don't have a 12 pack Not most people don't. It's not realistic.
1: Well, and people are killing themselves to have it which was even more insane.
0: I did, I danced, I did Broadway Bears one year and I did Mm -hmm. two things for them. You know, Broadway Bears, right? And so uh, for those who don't know it listening, it's uh, the Equity Actress Fights AIDS holds a huge, I mean, huge show of 200 dancers uh, that raise money for Equity Actress Fights AIDS. And, but they also do like things throughout the year. So they make, um, make like over millions of dollars for that. But it's 200 dancers actually of all body types but in your mind <laughs> you got to be little because you're going to be literally naked on stage in front of 2,000 people 4,000 once the night's over and uh I look back at pictures there and I was like I didn't even think I was skinny and I thought I was like fat <laughs> it's like, I'm so small in those pictures uh but that's the like and no one shames anybody in that process at all whatsoever but it's hard to get past the um what the media has done to like make us think that's what has
1: to be i wouldn't say that anybody shames anybody in that process cuz i did it as well yeah. but i would say that there's an expectation almost there's like a there's like a yes. competition or a one up upmanship kind of thing happening when you mention sure. the picture picture of looking back at yourself. That is also a big theme in the film because we as we age, we can look back at a picture, old picture of ourselves and be like, oh my God, I was so cute. Or oh my God, why did I think I look like that? Look, I was look, I looked great. How did I not know how great I was? But the truth is that's how you are today. You're just as great. I know. And yet you don't see it because in 10 years, you're going to go, oh, my God, I looked amazing 10 years ago.
0: mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And also also the the hard thing to get past sometimes, too, is like there's someone for everybody. Right. So like someone is going to think you're very attractive. Right. But you have to also think you're very attractive because if you think you're very attractive, then more might think you're attractive. like it's just the energy is just going to throw it out there no matter what. Like I know I have no I'm what they call, you know, a daddy now but I'm really not like I'm, I'm only 41 years old, but the way I'm aging, uh, I'm, I think I'm aging beautifully. Like I take care of myself. So like, you know, and I still have fun, but I don't go crazy. And uh, you know, I go, I, we all, I still go through those things, I, but I don't, I don't harp on them. I, you know, like I used to be really bad, but um,
1: I don't hop on you know, I just the, I accept. The funny it. thing is, is when I was, Thin and super, du- super duper fit and I was in my obsession my body obsessed time I didn't like men like that I no. liked bigger guys I liked yeah. guys that had had a belly but I didn't think that I was, was it would be enough there's that enough thing again if I didn't have that like perfect chiseled six pack body that I was obsessed yeah. about
0: of course, of course. I don't even like, uh, for me, I I like a lot of different types of people to begin with. Um, yeah. I'm going to go off of you being a weirdo before I am your body. So like, if you're just a weirdo and you're doing your thing and you're actually enlightened by life, like you're just experiencing it and you can have a really nice conversation with me and I'm like, oh, that's really cool. I'm That's cool. Then we're, we're probably going to be good to go. As far as like friendships or sexual relationships, anything like as far as all that's concerned,
1: we'll be good to go. Yeah. I mean, my husband is nowhere, nothing near my quote unquote type. You know what I mean? Like at all, there was a heart connection first and foremost beyond anything else. Of and course,
0: absolutely, absolutely, 100%. I, like- and,
1: and I knew pretty quickly, honestly, it was like one of those like, oh, oh, this guy, this is, this is, this guy, you know? Like, where have you been kind of thing for me. Waiting. But it in the wasn't wings. physical.
0: Um, no, and I said waiting in the wings. Of yeah. course, it, it wasn't physicality. Does help because it's fun to feel sexual together, and yeah. it's fun to like have that moment. But if you're that, that's literally all you're counting on, then just then good luck because it's not going to work. out, believe me
1: fades quickly,
0: <laughs> so fast. I mean, just go on any app. Like it fades yeah. so fast. Um, so with the with the film uh see, 45 to 50 that's how long you've been filming
1: it was five years we shot for five, five
0: years of all different things and now I didn't watch the film um but I did see who was in the film and I watched the trailer and I read a bunch about it and I will say that's really cool that you managed to pull in so many types of people um some of them are famous some of them are not famous some of them are famous in the career community um one person that I'm still fascinated because uh, one person I'm very fascinated with always is um what's her name? Uh, she's trans and she had a really bad uh, Raji. She because she's been in a few documentaries. She's yeah. been in another documentary that actually my friend made as well. Oh wow! Because yeah, because they're, yeah, they're so iconic. I mean, they are literally the they are part of why people fought and like did things and like experienced things as so, yes um their story and that the. Their process of uh reconstruction surgery, and oh my god, it's unreal. And they talk about that a lot because I've seen it more than once. Like uh,
1: they, they, uh Raji does. Um Raji is got the is a great activist, incredible trans activist. Incredible. We're talking yes. OG. We're talking like, oh, like way back like I mean, way back, like truly an icon. And true. Raji has the biggest heart of maybe anybody in the film. And Mm -hmm. one of of maybe a handful of people I've ever met in my entire life. And I think that's really what was really important to me when, when you do see the film was that that be shown because often Raji is reduced to that person that had the exploding face. Mm-hmm. and i wanted to make sure that yes we, we we absolutely were it's a body documentary we needed to talk about that but i also yeah. wanted to make sure that that the deep humanity of raji was expressed and shown in a new way that maybe hasn't been up to this point that i've seen but i haven't seen your friend's doc either so who knows
0: Pretty sure she's, i got to remember don't don't quote me on that um but i've seen her regardless i've seen her because she is on the internet and and like yeah, I've never met her, but I've seen her on other things, and uh, their
1: story is pretty powerful. I mean, they are
0: the OG, like literally like unreal. Why people are still so fighting to this day? It's because of people like her. Um, and then, not that we don't stop fighting because this world's freaking crazy, but um, but the aliens finally. We're talking about the aliens, <laughs> so we. Uh, the, so that's a film that I you mean It's so important. I mean, people need to be making more of these because i was just at bear week in provincetown and it's actually a great weekend because there are hundreds of body types there right and like nobody it's like literally across the board everybody you could think of right and they were like the nicest group to be around Um, whereas i've been to other things and other things and those are not the nicest groups they're just nasty people And I always think in my brain, I always think about when the person was a kid because I'm like, at what point? I don't know their stories. This is why I do my podcast though, but I don't know their stories, but like I talk to kids now, right? So I've talked to hundreds of kids and adults. Everyone has a different story. You have a different story. Everyone has a story, but it all comes down to one thing, right? They want to be seen, heard, and loved. That's it. I don't know at what point Maybe I should do a documentary about this that you switched and you were like I'm going to be an asshole. I'm going to I'm going to keep my circle tight and I'm not going to let anybody in because if I do it's going to fuck things up. Now I understand family. I understand like chosen family. I don't know your stories, but the kids that I talk to, specifically the ones that are like 13, 14, 15, 16 that like basically came out when they were 5, it's unreal and they're so much more grounded and their existence of who they are right and like even if they have a tough family they still know not to like they have a tribe but they don't keep people out and i just like at what point did it switch and i only i see it a lot of times between 25 to 35 year old like groups of friends um maybe early 20s but even that cuz they're still coming off of being a teenager there's still a different vibe going down but I don't know. I'm, I I was walked through that because it's like so interesting to witness.
1: Well, it's it's that whole thing of when did those that were bullied become the bully?
0: Oh, right? When does that right? when
1: does that shift happen? And and I I I, I do think it's in that twenty five time. I call the twenty five to thirty four year old like the golden hour uh, of gayness, where you feel like you are invincible.
0: Yeah, I mean we've all I've been there. Yeah,
1: we've been there, right? Like, and you feel you feel it. You feel incredible. Part of it is is that we 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 as uh, somebody in the film says we come into our autonomy much later in life, right? We don't have the experience. Didn't I think it's different again for this younger generation, thankfully, right? But Mm -hmm. we didn't have the the first of everything growing up we didn't have that mm-hmm. first kiss the first love the first we didn't do all that at 14 to 16 years old we may not even mm-hmm. done it at 20 or 22 depending on who we are we might not start that until 25 24 mm-hmm. 23 so we act like teenagers when we're nearly 30
0: yeah yes yeah, good point that's a really good point yeah cuz like i have a thing where like i talked about this earlier today to a friend and And I said, I have this thing with energy. Like, I used to not be able to, like, let it go. I used to, like, take it all in and just hold on to it. And, like, it was, I was a nasty cunt. And, like, I was awful. I really was. Like, I I wanted to survive. I wanted to get my jobs. And I was going to do anything it took to get there. Uh, But then things just kept not matching up for me. And I still couldn't figure out why. And then stuff happened to me when I was in my 30s. and It all came to fruition. And thank God. And, uh, but I, like, being around certain scenes specifically in the queer community and like with body and like with alcohol involved and drugs and parties and stuff like that. I just like not, I have tried to like, as best as I can Uh, is not my thing. I think it's ridiculous sometimes. I think it's boring too. I don't think it's that I actually think it's very boring. I don't, there's nothing exciting about it. And I don't, and for me, speaking only for me, I don't need drugs and alcohol to have a good time. That's just me. And, uh, but I've just seen, I'm always interested to see see those things. And, but then I went to Bear Week and it was like, yeah, there were the parties, of course, and people were like drinking and booze and doing all that stuff. Um, I don't know, but there was still a different energy to that, that specific group of people. And there was a lot, that was like one of the largest they've had in years. And the parties were packed. And I was like blown away and I was just like experiencing so much happening around me that I just took it all in and was exhausted. And yeah, it was, yeah, I don't know. I definitely
1: went through a phase of that party thing. There's no question that I did. Sure. It also really kept reinforcing in sort of a negative belief patterning about myself because every time I would go to those events and it would be take your shirt off and my shirt would be off and then I'd get the stare down and and then I would you know get uncomfortable and then I wouldn't wanna take my shirt off. And it, it became this like self fulfilling, you know, prophecy of self-loathing because I couldn't get out of that cycle. And I felt like I, I eventually, of course, stepped out of it and was like, this is not for me. Because I, too, felt um, like even, even when I was in it, I was like, this is not there. This is just wrong on so many levels. And it felt wrong in my spirit, in my yeah. heart. Um, and yet I had this great longing to have a sense of belonging. There's something I'm, tribal about it. I'm- of course, of course, it, it, but it was it like looking for love current. in all the wrong places, <laughs> exactly. right? I was like looking for it everywhere that it wasn't, which was you know turn in, right? Go home, turn inward. Hello, click your hero hills, Dorothy, three times, like go yeah. home. It was really like yeah. I was looking externally <clears throat> for that validation that I really needed within myself.
0: Sure, uh, now na- it's it's natural, right? It's it's a natural. Good segue, actually. What was your upbringing like? Like, how are your parents? When did you, like, when, when did you come on? If you want to talk about that a little bit. Like, what was yeah. that like for you?
1: So I grew up in rural Montana in the 1970s, um, where one was just not gay, mm-hmm. period. It It's as, as if it didn't exist. Um, sure. There was a big expectation to be super hyper masculine. And I was not that. I you know I was this little queer boy, and we thankfully moved to Michigan when I was uh, thirteen, um, which I think in many ways sort of saved my life. To be perfectly honest, I'm not sure I would have made it. I'm really not sure I would have made it. Mm-hmm. Um, and in Michigan, I found a little bit more acceptance, but it was that it was a very conservative time, and it was also a time of HIV/AIDS. It really affected everything. Um, and my parents were, you know, Montana people. They didn't really know what to do with me. They were very, uh, they tried to be very loving and see me as best they could, but they really didn't understand and couldn't quite figure out what was going on with me. Secretly, what was going on with me was something way, um, way more, which was, and this is also in the film, that I was uh, being sexually abused And so I was definitely not seen, right? I was not heard um, and I was hiding deep secrets for many years. Um, Not only the abuse, but this was the time of HIV AIDS and the person that was abusing me um, got AIDS. And so then I spent uh, my senior year of high school um, every day looking in the mirror, thinking I was going to have a lesion and was going to die of AIDS. So it was a very, there was a lot of trauma there, right? That's a lot of trauma before 18 years old. (laughs) Uh, and I, I would say that I've spent the, the, the the remaining 30, however many years that is what's 51 minus 30. Yeah. You know, those, that was remaining years sort of unpacking that and you know through deep therapy through yoga through different practices and teachers to <laughs> unpack all of that trauma um because it was not an easy childhood it was not
0: um well uh, what did you use in high school to escape dance
1: dance was my escape no question yeah. Yeah. And the interesting thing about it, and I just had a conversation with my therapist about this, was that while it was the one thing that was my escape, it was also one of the things that I was most bullied for.
0: Sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, uh... yeah, no one ever bullied me, thank God. Uh, I would have killed them anyways. Um, my mother actually would have murdered them. Uh, so, but, dance dance is powerful like performing arts is a really big um whether whether you take it on in your life as a professional or do it recreational it's still like a great platform to just be something else for a minute it does get confusing when you are so caught up in it that you forget that the world the bigger world doesn't give a shit about it in hindsight right so like you're gonna do your thing you're gonna dance mm. you're gonna know all the broadway things you're gonna do all that mm. but in hindsight the guarantee of it no one my mother if my mom don't know I guarantee you laura in uh montana does not know and so we get caught up in that and if there's no guidance for us to like find the, the balance so like we're just doing it and we're told so much when we're dancing like you've got to do this. You got to take a voice. You got to sing. You have to do this. If You don't do it. You're not going to make it. You have to do everything. You got to do it. And so that's all you focus on. And then you lose a sense of yourself in a way. The thing that you think you're trying to do, you're still losing a sense of yourself because all you're doing is focusing on one thing. And it's a it's a great escape. It's better than doing drugs and alcohol, you know. But uh, uh, it's uh, yeah. the arts. It's it's a, it's a funny funny path.
1: It manifested for me in being the best little boy in the entire world to being, of course, being the perfectionist. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I was going to be on Broadway and I was going to, you know, it was like, it was such a driven path um, as a run and escape from my past. Mm -hmm. And it was a mask that I wore. Um, It it kind of, this is, it all kind of came to head actually. Um, I was doing the Radio City Christmas show. Um, and I I had to, t- I basically had a breakdown in my bear head costume. Um, they, there's this ballet, there's in the, mm-hmm. <laughs> a bear ballet in the yeah. Christmas show. And I kind of had a breakdown in it. And I realized that I had to change my life. That dance, while it was, a, it had served its purpose, it wasn't actually Filling me, it was eating me.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I mean, that's the thing with performing. It's like it's a great feeling, but the moment you can check it and also be like, "Oh,
1: fuck!" I also, as and, a dancer, had way too many opinions. I was like,
0: "Well, of course, I mean, that just comes with
1: the, you know." I was like, "Why is that light? And why are they wearing that costume?" And you know, and and I would express them.
0: Sure. So, that's which when was, the people usually call you a bitch. Yeah. they was problematic. You know,
1: you, know, you know, most choreographers, directors yeah. did not want to hear my opinion, you know, and that's no. when that was part of it too. That was part of that breakthrough was that I was like, Oh, I have to go create my own art. I can't, I can't be the one being told how to move by somebody else. That doesn't really work yeah. for me. It doesn't work for me anymore.
0: Same thing. I was, I got really bored and frustrated and I was like, there literally has to be something more to this i understand but i personally can't just work towards only getting on broadway only getting a movie only getting a commercial only get i personally can't do that and honestly i can't get more talented than i am so that's just the way i'm going to be talented and that's it yeah and if you like it or you don't and i always i you know for me it was when i would go into an audition i did not like auditioning but when I go in there, I had to take it not so serious because I was a serious person. I was trying to be perfect. I was trying to like do good and get like that was my, me getting my A on my paper. Like that's what I had to do. And there was I was like, I got to figure out ways not to do that um, and not get so nervous because of that. And I did. And it wasn't working. And I was like, this is fucking bonkers. I'm going to drive myself crazy. Yeah. And I'm turn I'm an asshole. Like I'm an asshole. Like I think I'm better than everybody. I'm an asshole. Like slow your roll. Like, uh, it's so dumb. And I wish like there was more classes specifically if you're gonna talk about the art- artistry and dance like, and like and in body, in the business, in like, check yourself. You can dance your face off, but don't be disconnected from the rest of the world just to get what you wanna achieve because it will not turn out great. I just won't there's you see people killing themselves all the time you see people drug get to the drugs and alcohol all in the business because they're so disconnected um because they're so goal driven of just that and there's nothing wrong to have that it's just you gotta also have you know yeah you gotta i'm a libra so it's all about balance so um
1: you gotta have a life
0: you do you have to understand there's more to it you can use your art to create life to create have an impact but you have to like really understand that it's not all about just the one there's just too many things to it like just be a part of it all but they don't teach that they really don't teach it they don't
1: teach that and honestly it took me a while to figure that out myself of course absolutely
0: because you're once again you're you're running you're running you're running you're running and you're doing and you're achieving and that seems great
1: it was and really I, great. You know, actually... I achieved and I achieved and I achieved, mm-hmm. and then yeah. fi- finally I set it down. Um, and that yeah, you're really... crying
0: in a bear costume in Radio City. Well, that you know was only mean, the, like
1: that was only the first one. That was just letting oh. go of the dancer. Oh. You have to understand. Then I went into like director, choreographer, producer mode. It took this Tony Award before it shifted. Uh, I was a pre- producer of Memphis. Very cool. And,
0: and so it took, that to, shift, took right?
1: that to shift. It took validation of an of an award where I was like, "This is it. This is how this is feels. This isn't this isn't how this is supposed to feel. What is going on here? I don't yeah. feel. In fact, it, it was an out of body experience. It was like walking up to the stage. Like this is how this feels. This isn't that. This doesn't feel right. What the, what the hell is going on right here? But we're here right now, yes. uh, and That is the moment where it was the true shift for me, because up to that point, I was still trying to prove myself, still trying to prove that little boy, that abused boy was still trying to approve, get his parents approval, get the approval of the world, get the approval of fellow, you know, uh, gay men. Like I was still trying to prove myself. And in that moment, it was finally like, oh, okay, now I have, now what? And that's really when my true, the true deep work happened. And that's when I really get, went and got some serious help of a teachers. And that's when the yoga journey came into came into play for me, really. I was already it's doing amazing. it, already teaching yeah. a bit. But I mean, I dove in because I realized I had a lot of healing to do.
0: Absolutely. I mean, it's so, yeah, it's funny. You, have, you walked up there, it's going back to your Tony, which is great. But like, you have to. Think about it if you got that Tony right now, right? Like the difference it would be, you'd be like, I can actually see this experience. I can actually exist in this
1: experience. I couldn't exist in the experience the first time. Now, if 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 and if, if, if I decide I'm gonna go that path again and work on another show, it would be a completely different experience because I'd actually be embodied. I'd actually be living it. I wouldn't be above it looking at it. I no. was looking at it and judging it the whole time. Is it good enough? Of is course, the show course. good enough? Am I good enough? Is it good? To, versus rather than- And then you got
0: that and you're like, is it still good enough? I don't know. Just because we're going Correct. to it doesn't mean it's good enough. It just means somebody voted for it. Correct. You can put all that self-tabotage in, in front of it all, but if you're not attached to the idea and if you're just getting it and being with it, uh, that's what happens too, is like we get attached to a look, right? Speaking of bodies, just like we get attached to, well, I should look like that, right? So I'm going to get, I'm, that's all I'm going to do. I'm going to attach to that and then, but if you're not attached to it, if you detached from all of those things that you were told or not to whatever you had to do or however trauma happened to you. Um, And it's hard to get away from it all. Like to be like, I fucking, I just want to exist. You know, one thing that like uh, my husband and I and like people, we're having this thing right now come up against us. We have a very successful company uh, and we tour the world with our company with a Golden Girls musical. And it's called The Golden Gaze. And we're very good at it. We're very good at their job. And I do all the booking. And so we've had really amazing experiences. And all those things, whether it be meeting all these famous people or being involved with people from the actual show, uh, mean something right now. Because it's like, uh, that's just cool. I love it. I love existing with them. And they've already had the experience. They've already been in Hollywood. They've literally... Marsha Posen williams is one of them. She was the freaking producer of the Golden Girls, and she's the coolest fucking person, but she also went through this thing where she had these fucking Emmys, and she had the Golden Globes, but she went through this moment of, like, I gotta get out, or I'm not gonna enjoy the... Because I can't I can't be it like that. But it's people like that. You know, people put so many accolades in front of things, and they did all this, and this, and, but are they happy? Like, are they actually existing with it? Are they enjoying it? Are they attached to it? Too hard? Like, what is it? And so in our company, we're coming up against that right now. Like we both are like, we're going, we're going to go. We're going to check our motives. We're going to check what we're going to do, but we're going to move on. If you don't want to move with us, that's okay. That's okay. But we're going to like do it. And we're going to keep going, even if it will come up against it. And people have a really hard time with that mentality, but we're also not attached to it. Like if if, if tomorrow, tomorrow we're gonna like, we're not doing it anymore. We were just not do it anymore. And that's it. And people have a hard time with that. You, I have a hard time with that. You probably- and That was be, a bit of it. my
1: experience is that I decided I didn't wanna do it for a while. I needed to take some time off because but I needed to get great, away from, I had to get out of the wheel, the hamster wheel that I was on of achievement sure. and success, hiding, it was hiding. And when I did interestingly, I tapped back into my real true artist, and that was how this film happened
0: so when you were um who was the first person besides yourself
1: did you interview? Can you remember? I do. It was a doctor actually. It was a doctor who a uh, plastic surgeon was the first person that I interviewed um. And then, um Shakina, who is a trans actor, actress, um she's them on my podcast, yeah,
0: Shakinaak. yeah, yeah, she's unreal. like that is a beam of light, yeah, that will uh, never go away from my life.
1: And
0: I love that. That's so funny. I mean, that's how yeah. the worlds are, but that's why, yeah.
1: yeah, that was like the first weekend. That was like our first weekend. It was really intense that first weekend for me, because is, because you know I'm turning the camera on my and we filmed my forty fifth birthday, so it was a I whole saw party. That, yeah,
0: yeah, I saw that with the candle and the little the candle forty five. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, Shakina, that is. Have read the Have you listened to their Audible story book story? No, I haven't. Just go find it. It's a plague on Audible. Yeah. Of when she went and got her uh, reassignment, all that done, yeah. uh, and she got the most great actors and actors. She got really amazing players in that, and uh, it should be turned into a a movie. But you know, right now everyone's on strike, no one's doing nothing. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, what a cool! That's so cool. That's like that's cool. I discovered her through Difficult People, and I didn't know who this person was. Loudmouth, like comedian, like funny as fuck in that show. And then I just reached out on my own and she reached back.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Very, very accessible human. And we'd known each other from, because Shakina was the artistic director of musical theater factory.
0: Yeah. 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 Of course. Um, That's the thing I'm trying to figure out in life now. This is my next thing in life that I'm trying to work through is uh, accessibility. Like who is actually accessible to do this together, to actually do our work together, right? To actually like show up. And like you were so accessible. And to me, that exact that's that's what success is, right? That's what actually creating an industry of like-minded people and, and succeeding is actually like, not I can't reach that person because they have six people in front of them before I even get there. And I'm like, and doing a podcast too, you gotta like go through. So I was like, listen. <laughs> it's not that hard you to come on and have a conversation and tell people especially queer youth listeners that really need this and and adults but like especially my youth listeners or you don't like I don't know (laughs) it's not I can go through your manager I don't care if I go through that but like I will be quite honest it's like this is what I'm doing I'm not doing it for notoriety I'm literally doing it because I was sick of people talking on behalf of our community specifically, and they know nothing about it. Trying to make laws and doing all this crap and I'm like
1: this is just, well, this
0: was seven six years ago.
1: For me it's all about intention. Right? Like where what, what is your intention? And so I say yes to anything that has the intention in which I'm aligned with. That's
0: it. That's it. Uh and uh so you're just a cool your energy is very good. Very good. Um what was the what are two during the the film, the the, the process of interviewing anybody, um, chatting, who are two people, humans, that you were just like, whoa. We
1: no mentioned idea. one. We mentioned one already, and that was Raji. Right. Okay. Yeah. Of course. That's a special human being, and the second person, who. I fell in love with absolutely fell in love with is is the late leslie jordan Mm -hmm. leslie talk about a light a ball of absolute energetic light and love this was Mm -hmm. an incredible human um we had he he was the day that we went to shoot he was like sick he like a flu and and we were like, we can come back. He was like, no, 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 we'll stay, stay. And I mean, he he was just like a trooper, and was so deeply honest and so real, you know, because you think of of him for being like funny, Will and Grace, you know, one-liners, dancing on TikTok, right? But he was so genuine. And, and is such a genuine, was such a genuine human being and so gracious. So I'm interviewing him. And at the end of the interview, we stop, you know, cut, or, but we're just chatting after, right? And he says to me, do you know who you are? I said, huh? He said, do you know who you are? You're Gopra. I said, what? He said, you're the gay Oprah. Your GoPro, and I realized yes. in that moment, is not that awesome? I realized in that moment that that was his way of complimenting the interview, and he was being so gracious because yeah. I had just said, you know, yeah, we, we, thank you for the interview. But he was being so gracious. That's just who he was it was like kind and gracious. Loved him.
0: That's beautiful. Yeah, I speaking of Broadway beers, he was at one of my events. He was the ho- uh, oh. one of the hosts. It was different at that time, but he was there, and uh, you know there was a different different side to him. That I mean, I never I like, I knew him of course from Will and Grace, and um, what the famous gay film that is so funny uh, that he's in, sort of Lies. Lies. So yeah. oh my god, it's so funny. Del um, Shores,
1: who wrote that, is also in the film. In oh, my okay. film,
0: it's it's so crazy. No wonder why we're connected. Because the amount of people that pass through our lives at the same time, because Dell Shores came and showed that film in Asbury Park at the Q Center, which is a queer center, a small-ass fucking room, and was there. That's so Del.
1: That there. is I mean, Dell to that's, a T. He will go, go anywhere.
0: Yeah, He's advocating that's the for, this, part.
1: for this film, for my film. He's going yeah. out of his way and advocating for it. He has like emailed programmed like he's another person who's so accessible and so amazing like emailing programmers for me like saying yeah. you need this film. It's not his film. He didn't have to do that. Amazing. The,
0: yeah. I know I get that. And like that's the kind of people that I just uh will always be in my life. That's the only people I need in my life. I don't need them <laughs> I think
1: there's like I think there's like a great secret, which is that there's this amazing network of Gay humans who help each other, of queer humans that will help each other, that that yeah. are really genuine and, and that are really wonderful. And I don't, I think that we sort of don't always think that or believe that to be true, but it is true time and again.
0: It's hard. I mean, going back to like groups of people and like all that, and and it's hard to see that when you like show up to things and you're like, oh, God. Yeah energy is so off in this room right now but I tend you know I throughout the years I've maybe that's why I talk to kids honestly because like I mean I walk into a room a classroom whatever, I'm doing a workshop and there's like 15 or 20 queer youth in there and like a couple of allies and I'm just like this is it like this is exactly what the way it's supposed to be.
1: Can I ask you a question? Sure. What was your childhood like?
0: I was very lucky. I came out at 16 and um, started dating boys. Well, I was just a bit of a slut. I wanted to see both things, so I like left around, uh, to be honest. A <laughs> uh, oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I was yeah. like, "Yeah, I'm gonna try it all." um Because I got a job really young. I was 16 when I got my first dancing job at Bush Gardens. I went off for the whole summer by myself. I never oh. did that before. Uh, so I had roommates, <laughs> the 16 year old, and so I got to play and get paid. And I was like, "This is what it's like." And for me, and then I had to go back home. <laughs> I was like, "This is what it's like." I have to go back to high school. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was cool, and I brought my boyfriend to the prom in 2000. Um, well, I was nervous, but I went and I had a whole, my whole table was queer beings. Uh, my, like when I came out, my brother came out, and then my best friends came out. Um, so it was, I, it was pretty cool. I don't have a, other than like disconnected from my father and I had a tumultuous relationship with him, uh, we're amazing now.
1: My ro- and my it's, it's in, that's interesting to me because there's only 11 years difference between us, right? Mm-hmm. And yet, there is no way that eleven years before two thousand, that, no. that that would, that that there would have been a queer table, that was not even remotely possible.
0: I was in Massachusetts as well. I grew up in Massachusetts, True. so a, you know
1: a little more. True. But True. no, but even in Massachusetts, lie. eleven years before that wouldn't have happened. Five it's amazing.
0: Years before that, I mean, like. Yeah, because that was just at the that was coming out of basically ninety eight ninety nine was the whole Will and Grace thing, and for us that a, was a big deal. Now I know people are like, well, it was like I'm like, but it was nineties, it was the nineties, the late nineties. Yeah, well, coming off of like,
1: look, you have, you have to think I came out before Ellen, before Will and Grace, before the, yeah. I had never seen a a human on television that was gay when I came out.
0: The only person I saw was RuPaul in 1994, 95 on spring break on MTV. And I was like, what is that? And I didn't think of it. I can't personally remember a time where I didn't, like I have a lesbian aunt, like she was with her girlfriend. It was never like a thing, but I can't remember a time where the only thing that kept me in the closet was the fear that people would beat me up. Yeah. That's probably it. Like language in my family, because I have a, a very Italian family, and the way my grandfather would speak, oof, and the way both of them would, like the way the way people would fight in my family, probably kept me from coming out sooner. I probably would have come out sooner, but
1: when I came out, I,
0: I you know, everyone usually, most people were like, "Oh yeah, okay, we know." So I
1: came out to my friends in '89, but to my parents. In '91, and when I came out to my my That's parents, great. I, set them, I set them down for spaghetti dinner. Uh, after spaghetti dinner, and told them, speaking of Italian, and and we're not trust me, it's terrible spaghetti, but we had spaghetti dinner, and I said to my dad, I I, I told them that 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 I was gay, and my mother said, Well, I'm confused, and I said, Okay, she said, I thought you were bisexual. And then she started crying. And I said, are you okay? She said, oh, yeah, I just really wanted grandchildren. And because obviously this was before anybody was having kids, right? People
0: say that now, though. People still say that. I know, insane. I'm like, mm, you can literally like go grow them in like a garden and like have kids. Like It's not even a thing.
1: And then my dad goes, well, I would have been a hell of a lot more surprised if you came home and said you were going to marry a woman. Oh, well, there you go. My
0: mom
1: was, said I can. Go ahead. No, no, no. And and then he said, and you, you can send out invitations we're gonna when you have a commitment ceremony, we're gonna send out invitations to the whole family and they can come or not. And I was like, You know hey, the Dad. term I know, you know the term commitment ceremony? That's what I said. You know the term commitment ceremony? He was like, Where do you think I've been living under a rock? That's great. I mean, that's
0: like uh, 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 because no one's actually living in Iraq, unless you choose to like stay inside. Their, like we see the bad things that are happening, of course. But there people are literally just choosing to ignore the rest of the world. Yeah. And the rest of the queer beings of the world. Because the queer humans are actually run the world. They've always run the world. Trans people have always run the world. Like that's actually who is doing it. It might seem this facade that's set up because the white people colonized and destroyed a lot of people. But the fact is, that's what's happening. That's the shift, right? So it's the bigger shift that there's, than there's ever been in the whole industry of the world is happening right now. Where they hate that, they hate it. They hate that black and brown people are taking over and, and being successful. They hate it, so they're going to do anything and everything in their power to stop it. But the fact is, you're not going to stop it. It's never going away. So, and it's going to be more and more and more and more and more gay in this world. So fuck off um that's what I say but yeah I know I had a cool I had a cool upbringing it was cool I was asked a couple times if I was gay and then I always, always turned the question around like are you gay no it's like okay then I never said no (laughs) I just said okay you know whatever (laughs) moved on um but yeah it was it was cool and then I you know I always danced so I was always around my safe people, like it was never i you know that can give you the sense- sense of security when you're around that when you walk into a studio or like or you're around your dance teachers and like they know clearly, and like you know, and my one of my dance teachers Joan Sherry, was well, she knew, <laughs> and uh it, it was cool like i, I yeah, everyone was very supportive, I had some kind of flubs with like having crushes on my straight guy friends, but other than that,
1: yeah. That's a rite of passage, almost.
0: It is. And then when you, like, get older and you realize, i like, straight guys are hot, I'm going, actually, they're not.
1: <laughs> actually, not at all. Not <laughs> you, at were just, close. you were just taught that they were supposed to be.
0: Yeah, and they're not, and they're actually quite boring and dull. No offense, uh, but they are. I have a couple of cool ones that aren't, but then they're on the verge of not being totally straight. So it's like this whole, like, There's an exception to every rule exactly they're all they're all out there everyone's everyone is everyone's up well you are a lovely person i just uh the film is i'm so glad you made it it needs more films like this need to be made um i usually ask a couple more things one is what are some words of wisdom you can give my queer youth listeners and listeners abroad
1: yeah i think for the queer listeners out there i would say be you Be unapologetically you and live authentically as much as you can i mean that's really what what it's about and yeah it sometimes it takes going through some stuff to figure that out and that's natural and normal and it's okay to not be perfect and it's okay to be messy but be fully you as much as possible
0: And where can they find all of the fun stuff for the film and for for you and like, how how do you do that all?
1: Yeah, so the film, um, we're in the festival circuit right now um, and we're looking for distribution so that it can be seen worldwide. Um, But right now go to the TikTok, which is where you found me, which is amazing at uh, BodyElectricDoc. And then we have a website as well, BodyElectricDoc.com um that you'll find out like when you'll be able to see it in future screenings and showings across the country and then across the world and then you can follow oh. me at the nick demas oh i'm not even following you i'm not following, <laughs> I'm following, you following yet. your
0: documentary i'm following your documentary i'm
1: um, not following you yet <laughs> will now
0: exactly um i always think of the song and i, I can't be the only one that told you this the Body Electric from Fame. I think the body electric. Why do you, think I, I named it? Why do you think I I figured, named it? I figured it's pretty gay. So I was like, wow, what's that?
1: It's I actually figured. a combination of two things that the, the title of the film, there's a Walt Whitman poem, The Body Electric. And it really talks about our relationship with our body in sort of a intellectual a heady way. And then, you know, as a kid in the 80s, that song was like my anthem. And so those two things together became the name Body Electric.
0: And thanks for listening to another episode of QT, Queer Teen Podcast, encouraging the next generation of queer youth from across the world to stand up for what's right. And remember, listen, learn, love.